0: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I am coming to you today from beautiful Colorado. Steph and I are here for about three weeks, and it's just been such an amazing trip to get out in nature and to get out of the oven of Austin, Texas, because it is so hot there in July, and it's just been a wonderful time to connect to ourselves, to each other, to the land, getting some great hikes, good food, seeing some good friends, feeling really blessed. And I think that in times like these where there's so much uncertainty, which is one of the things that we're going to be talking about in the call today, finding things that bring you comfort are incredibly important and healthy comfort, not zone out on Netflix for hours and drink wine comfort. (laughs) Healthy comfort, time in nature is one of my, my favorite things, exploring new areas. Yes, there's a lot we cannot do, But there's a lot that we can do. Instead of focusing on the things that you feel like you cannot do or the things you're restricted from, things you can't control, why don't you focus on the things you can do and the things you can control and the things that you do have certainty about. That's an important practice during times when we feel uncertain is to think about, even make lists for those of you who like making lists, all the things that we are certain about and all the things that we are grateful for. Gratitude is always amazing medicine. Before I dive into this episode with Tanya, I want to talk to you about the inner child workshop that's coming up. Tanya and I talk about it. She's going to be joining us. It's the second time we're doing it because the first time was so powerful. I feel inner child work is what we all need to be doing at this time of great awakening and massive change. Because if we don't deal with our inner child wounding and most wounding as children, and I talk about this with Tanya happened around times when we were scared because we felt uncertain, we felt out of control, then we aren't going to be able to deal with the changes that are happening in the world. And I will be very direct with all of you that I feel like we're just at the beginning of great change and challenge. I think that so many people are waiting for this to quote unquote be over and get back to quote unquote normal. Well, my friends, I think that our old normal is gone forever and that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing at all. And before things get even crazier, especially here in the U.S. leading up to the election, I encourage you, I strongly encourage you to do inner work to get a really strong inner foundation get really clear on your wounding to have that relationship with that inner child so when shit hits the fan either in your life or in the world and I'm not saying this to scare any of you I mean I don't think it's news to any of us that there's a lot coming up right now and there's a lot going on and it's going to be it's going to be a ride for a bit and like I said it's a good thing shit needs to happen for the shift to happen right and one of the reasons I feel ready and prepared and grounded is because of the inner work that I've done. So the Inner Child Workshop, the early bird discount ends July 31st. The website is christinehassler.com innerchild inner child. Again, you save $100 if you register before the 31st of July. It is virtual, it is all virtual of course, and it will be available to you for 30 days post the workshop. So it'll be available to you until the end of September. And you can go back through it as many times as you want. So if you can't make it live, that is no big deal. And this isn't a lot of processing. You know, like my mastery course is a lot of going back and processing. And it's an incredibly valuable course. And I I recommend the two in tandem. They're, They're great to do together. The inner child work, and I talked to Tanya about this as well, is more about just reconnecting to yourself and establishing that loving parental connection between you and little you. So again, the website is christinehassler.com slash inner child. If you have any questions about it, you can email jill at christinehassler.com. And if finances are a real issue for you as well, and that's your only obstacle to joining us, then please share that with Jill and we will work something out with you. All right. As you are listening to this episode with Tanya, consider what happens when you feel out of control. Do you blame others? Then blame yourself. Or maybe blame yourself, then blame others. What do you do to try to get control back? Do you have a feeling like you're always doing it wrong? Constantly questioning yourself, constantly feeling like when something goes wrong, it's your fault. Did you grow up in a home where you had a lot of uncertainty? You never quite knew where a parent stood, kind of had to walk on eggshells, never felt seen. And how do you feel about intimacy and true vulnerability? Can you say, honestly, that you are vulnerable in your relationships and you have true intimacy with others, into me see, or are there still some masks and some games that you play and some patterns that you get into, which prevent you from true vulnerability and intimacy? And finally, have you ever been seduced by someone else's faux vulnerability? And I'll share more about that in the show and after the call when I break down the show. So keep all those questions in mind as you listen to my session with Tanya. Tanya, hi, welcome to the show. How can I help?
1: Hi, Christine. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. I don't even know where to begin or even what I, yesterday I was having such a bad day because I got ghosted by someone I dated for about a month and a half. So yesterday when it first happened, I like felt in my power and I was like I don't deserve to be treated like this but then I fell into my regular pattern yesterday which is blaming myself. Mm. Thinking uh what could I have done? I shouldn't have sent that email. I shouldn't have right. expressed my feelings so much, you
0: know. Right. It shouldn't have been you.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and what do you think that does for you? Oh, it it makes me feel
1: like a I don't like myself.
0: Well, there must be a good reason you're doing it. Otherwise you wouldn't do it. My guess is that it gives you a sense of control. That makes sense. So when, and this is what we're experiencing as a collective right now, we're in a massive time of uncertainty. And from my personal opinion and intuition, it's only going to get worse. And we are one of the many, many lessons we are learning is first, how we deal with uncertainty and mm-hmm. like what, what our wounding around it is, you know, the shadows that come up in uncertainty for some people, it's mm-hmm. that self-blame for some people it's addiction for some people it's work for some people it's blaming others for, you know, we all have different ways that we deal with uncertainty for other people. It's like codependent. Let me go in and latch on to somebody else. The mm-hmm. feeling out of control is a very deep wound that goes back to childhood because most of our biggest wounds in childhood come from a time when we felt out of control. All of a sudden, things weren't going like they normally go. All of a sudden, we couldn't be who we normally could be. All of a sudden, mom wasn't the same, dad wasn't the same, life wasn't the same. Something happened where things weren't the way we knew them to be and created a massive uncertainty. And so all of us have wounding around uncertainty. So to start... I want to ask you, Tanya, when you think back to your childhood, what do you think some of your core wounds, those significant moments of uncertainty were?
1: In all honesty, I never knew what to expect.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I I didn't. With my mom, she was so up and down. She was, I could never do anything right, Mm -hmm. ever. And I was the type of kid that I liked following rules, I liked following directions, and I did anything to. Even when I did stuff to protect myself, I was still doing it wrong. Right. Like one thing that comes comes up for me is I got in a fight in high school. I've never been in trouble ever in my life. I got in a fight in high school defending myself and got suspended for 10 days. All my mother heard when I came home was I was suspended. She started calling me names. She didn't even care to hear what had happened. Mm-hmm. All she cared about was that. And that is one thing that, one of many that I recall, it's like I never, I felt like it didn't matter which way I went. I'm always wrong. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And I feel like that today in every relationship I'm in recently, I should yeah. say.
0: Yeah. Well, before recently, what was it like?
1: Before recently, I started doing a lot of work on myself, like inner child work and shadow work prior to. I see I was choosing people that didn't match me. They were, and it's going to sound horrible, but it's just honest. They were below me. So I had control over them. Right. Yes. They were very safe. Right. Yeah.
0: Right, and so now you're going to the flip side because that's not exciting. <laughs> when we have control over someone else, that doesn't feel enlivening, and it doesn't feel like we're growing. Um, so you, this is sort of what we do. We we date our parents, and you've heard me say this before. So we either try to date the exact opposite, or we try to we're attracted to the exact same, hoping that we'll get the love we never got. So by oh going God. for people below you or people that you could control that was the exact opposite of your mom because you never felt like you had any dominion in your relationship with her she her moods her outbursts her up and down the roller coaster that you were on she was driving that roller coaster and so right. it was very safe to date people you could control because it gave you a sense of power and it felt like i said a lot safer but that didn't that didn't solve the wound right that didn't heal no. the wound And so then the unconscious goes, okay, well, let me just date mom. And so emotionally unavailable on a roller coaster, and then they do things like ghost you and you feel like it's your fault. Just like when your mom didn't defend you when you came home and said you were just suspended, didn't care, didn't ask how you were, didn't think, wow, this is really unorthodox for my daughter. She's a good kid. I wonder why she got suspended. I'm going to be curious. She just made it your fault. And so now you've internalized yeah. all of that. And it's not surprising that after a guy ghosts you, you blame yourself because as a little girl, you took your mother's roller coaster very personally. And we do that as children. We yeah. take things very personally. And so you thought that her ups and downs and her not approving you never could do anything right, always doing it wrong, like that you you legitimately believed, Tanya, that you were doing it wrong. And what I want to yeah. tell you and what I really hope you hear is that you haven't ever been doing it wrong, ever, ever. But you've allowed, and we all do this, one person, in your case, your mother, you've allowed her to have a lot of power over your sense of identity. Yeah. Does your mother have any mental illness? Yeah, you can tell me, but I just want to ask that one question. Does she have any mental illness?
1: I'm sure she does. I don't know. She's not on any medication, but I do recall when I was younger, she went on an antidepressant on Prozac. And that was the only time I can remember in my childhood that I actually felt seen by my mom, loved by my mom. Like She was such a joy to be around and pleasant. And and then my dad died and she got off of the Prozac because she said she wanted to feel. And mm. you know she's She's yeah. gotten so much better as I've gotten older because I've learned to set boundaries and I've removed myself from her life mm-hmm. at times. And now she, and I had a daughter and she sees how I parent my daughter and I've had to set boundaries with how she's been to my daughter. Right. And I've literally told her, you will not talk to my child the way you talk to me. And I think that like really opened her eyes in yeah. those moments.
0: Yeah. And that's beautiful. That's, that's beautiful that you've done that with your daughter. Now you need to do it for a little Tanya inside of you. Yeah. Right. So what were you going to say?
1: What I was going to, is, you said, um, I dated the opposite of my mom. Mm -hmm. So I did the first part of my relationships. I was my mom in the relationship. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like they made me feel safe, but I treated them like my mom treated me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I started doing all this work on myself. And my relationship prior to this ghosting one was for three years. And when I met him, he was opposite of anybody I'd ever been with.
0: Mm-hmm. He
1: was um, very successful. He was way above me financially, successful. Um, his looks, everything. And I, I remember within the first month of dating him. I remember intuitively I said, oh, my God, I'm dating my mom. Mm -hmm. And then I let the relationship go on for three years. I kept leaving and he kept coming back and I kept going back thinking he was in a change. Anyways, when I got out of it um, a year ago, finally for good, um, it's been the hardest thing for me to recover from.
0: Mm. And why do you think that is?
1: Because I feel like I was surviving the entire time. Like, I just feel like he just devoured me. Mm -hmm. Like, he devoured my self-worth and everything that my mom made me feel growing up, like, it all just resurfaced. And I, as strong as I was and as much as I stood up for myself, inside, I was still dying. Mm
0: -hmm. And that's
1: why I finally had to leave because I realized, like, my soul is dying. Yeah. And I'm allowing it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And where was your dad growing up before he died?
1: My dad was, um, he was very structured. He was very traditional. He was safe. He was, um, but he was quiet. My Mm -hmm. dad wasn't a yeller or screamer, but you felt his energy. Like he wouldn't talk
0: about, it was just, they were so different. Do you feel like he protected you from your mom? Do you feel like he was on your no. side? Do you feel like he stood up for you? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Yeah. But and, I don't
1: feel like he protected my mom in that way either. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it. I don't think my mom was ever honest with him. Like She more so kept like it hidden. She wouldn't act like... I don't know. I can't remember a lot of my childhood. If I'm going to be totally honest, it's
0: okay. It's it's pretty clear how it's all playing out, so it's totally okay. So I want to go back to a couple things. I want to go back to this above or below thing, like mm-hmm. seeing someone as above or below. What do you think that does for you? Why do you think you see someone as above or below? And how do you evaluate whether someone's above or below you?
1: It depends. Sometimes I evaluate it by intelligence or personal growth, mm-hmm. um, money, but yeah, money, drive, um, ambition. Like my ex was a professional athlete and I admired, um, his story of how he, you know, went for his dream and just, just did everything he needed to do to do it. And I'm that type of person. Yeah.
0: That, so I want you to notice that you evaluate people very, very much through your head and very much through a systematic approach. Um, mm-hmm. You do that with yourself too. You know, you told me before we started recording that you've been thinking all day about what you want to say. It's another way you yeah. try to make yourself feel safe. And this all comes from, this is so, you know, not a criticism at all because I. it's clear to me where this comes from. You felt very out of control as a little girl and were constantly evaluating and trying to figure out how to get your mother's love, basically, how to be seen by her, how to get her love. You had that moment where she was on antidepressants that you felt seen by her. But other than that, your mind was working nonstop to try to get her to see you. And so in in your present day, and I can tell you've done a lot of work on yourself, the fact that you set boundaries with your own child is beautiful, the way you're speaking, I really want to acknowledge the work that you've done. And where I see in terms of your next step is actually about intimacy and learning actually how to be in relationship with someone through your heart and through your feelings and through your vulnerability versus... That just scares me so much. I know. When you say that, like I, I try, I feel like I try so hard. Yeah. What scares you about it? But when you say that, like,
1: I truly get so scared. I get scared of giving, in this I just get scared of um, being vulnerable with someone. And just like, i know. just like, I don't destroy me yeah. because
0: but men are so
1: attracted to my strength. But here, and then as soon Tanya,
0: I get vulnerable, Tanya, Tanya nobody can destroy you. Nobody can destroy you. And that's not grown up you speaking. It's okay. little Tanya. And the men that you're attracting, they, they run away when you get vulnerable because they don't want to get vulnerable. If you're bringing in men from your head and from your wounding, they're not open-hearted, vulnerable men. And so the reason why they Shut down or go away or shame you when you get vulnerable is because unconsciously they know that they have to get vulnerable and they don't want to. So they put a wall up and make you feel wrong for doing it. Yeah. So, oh
1: my God, that makes so much sense.
0: You've already been destroyed. Let me just put it to you bluntly. It happened a long time ago by your mother, if you want to use that word. So, what you fear has already happened. So, you don't have to be scared of it anymore. Sorry. It's already <laughs> happened. It's already happened. And I don't like, to, I want to offer you another word. You didn't get destroyed. You got covered up. You got walled up. Yeah. And that's what you actually needed to do to protect yourself so that you truly wouldn't be destroyed.
1: But you yeah. felt
0: like you got destroyed as a little girl. And so, when these moments of vulnerability come up and you feel rejected, it feels like that same wound is reopening. Yeah. And so, you're
1: seeing me clearly. Pardon me? You're seeing me so clearly.
0: Well, yeah, because you're being vulnerable. (laughs) (laughs) You're allowing me to see you. And the more and more we do that, and you know, This doesn't have to start in romantic relationships. I'd recommend just giving up dating for a bit and working on it in friendships, working on it in relationships that aren't romantic so you don't have so much invested and working on it inside of you because I can tell that you really take a great deal of pride in being a mother to a daughter and I'm sure you're an amazing mother who really sees her And now it's really time to give yourself that. And there's a part of you that's still looking for that external, that external love from that mom wound. And that's what kind of keeps you in this constant who's next to date, you know, who's next to come in, like who's next to try to satiate this urge that I have. But what you're really seeking for is connection and that connection from my point of view, it needs to happen on a deeper level inside of you, between you and little Tanya. I know you said you've done inner child work. And again, from my perspective, I feel there's more to do. Little Tanya needs to feel really seen and mothered by you. And, yeah. you know, uh, it's a clue that she's really not because look what happened with this guy, right? Instead of going yeah. in to little Tanya and saying, oh, sweetheart, I know this feels like mom, how are you doing? I'm here. What are you feeling? Instead of doing that, you went to blaming yourself, which makes little Tanya again, feel like she's doing it all wrong. And once Mm -hmm. again, she ruined a good thing or pushed someone away or was too much or too little or whatever. Right. Too much or not enough. is usually too much
1: because I can be very it's so funny that you're saying intimacy and vulnerable because that's what's been coming up in in intuitively like the vulnerability I'm like am I I may talk a lot and tell people who I am but that's I don't feel it's like true vulnerability I feel it it's not like when I look back it's different. The moments where I've been truly, genuinely vulnerable, which I was when I sent this most recent guy an email about how I felt, it just flowed out of me. Mm-hmm. And I just writing and it flowed and I wasn't even thinking. And
0: and mm-hmm.
1: then um, I just sent it because it felt necessary. Yeah. Like I felt it. But then I start rereading it
0: mm-hmm. later when
1: I didn't hear from him. Like, okay, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I and then I'm like, no.
0: No, no, this is how you felt. Right. Well, so, so notice that, that maybe I shouldn't send, have sent it is a trigger. And that's when you need to go in and do the work with little Tanya, because basically she's saying, "Uh oh, I did something wrong again. Mom's upset. Yeah. I thought I was a good girl, but she's upset, you know, or I went to mom for some reassurance and she told me I was bothering her or something like that. You know, that's the button that got triggered. But you said something really important. You said you you felt like you had to write that email, probably because some part of you needed you out of this dance with the sky, because some part of you knew this was, again, the pattern picking someone Uh, like mom. And so you intuitively went for truth. You sped up. This would have been, this wasn't inevitable if you keep doing this work and keep opening your heart. Like this, this was bound, this guy was bound to, not work out. (laughs) So it's intuitively you did that. And it's, it's interesting. It's like we, we mess with, we get confused between our intuition and our ego. So the intuition was, I feel I need to express this. I, I feel I need to be vulnerable. I don't want to walk on eggshells. I don't want to hold back my feelings. And, and then we do it. And then the ego attaches a result to it. Like this was a successful exercise in vulnerability if he writes back and expresses the same. This was an unsuccessful mm-hmm. exercise in vulnerability if I never hear from him again. So then the ego comes in and it's like, oop, it was, it was B, it was unsuccessful. We did vulnerability wrong. Mm. And then we judge our vulnerability yeah. instead of going, yeah. okay, like not necessarily the outcome I wanted, but at least I have clarity. So let me ask you this. Yeah was part of the reason you were expressing your vulnerability to get clarity as to where he was in the relationship? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you got it. Yeah. And that's why
1: today felt difficult to have the call today because I felt so strong and like clear like today, all day, I haven't even blamed myself once. I've just been like, he gave me his answer. Beautiful. His, his non answer is no answer. And I was so, I felt so all day today. I've just felt so grown up, as stupid as that sounds for yeah, a body. No, woman, does. but I felt so grown up. And this coming from my last relationship that was a year, and I took almost a year of not dating, talking, nothing. Once that relationship ended, I did not entertain anybody because I just needed to I needed to come back to me. Mm-hmm. So this was the first time I opened myself up to someone. And um, when I did, he was such a communicator and vulnerable. And, and it was so beautiful. That's what connected us is, is his words. And, and then as soon as it was like just what you said, I noticed him pulling away, like the vulnerability that was initial, it started shutting down
0: Well, and he started pulling away. So one thing I want you to be mindful of as you go back into the dating world is the difference between authentic vulnerability and charm.
1: I do have a problem with that.
0: Yeah. So a lot of times people can put on the vulnerability charm and tell you just enough to think that you're in. But if you ever feel seduced by someone's vulnerability, an alarm bell should go off.
1: Mm, I've never, I'm going to have to like take that in because I've never even heard of it like that. Mm. Like it makes sense, but it's not like resonating.
0: Well, let me ask you this. When he was talking and sharing, were you like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. He's opening up so much. It's almost too good to be true. I love this vulnerability. He's telling me so much. I feel so special. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's seductive vulnerability.
1: Oh. Well, was I doing the same though?
0: I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I was. Possibly, <laughs> but you're learning. You're yeah. learning. And this, how we really, from my point of view, one of the ways that we connect to vulnerability and true intimacy is that inner child work. Is, yeah. is really getting deep down and creating that vulnerability and intimacy within. Because as within, so without. I can't do anything yeah. authentically externally unless I've done do it internally. Mm. And so that's your work. So I
1: need to sign up for your inner child workshop.
0: <laughs> well, I would recommend it, yes. <laughs> yeah. I would. I feel- You know, I like... took a break. Mm-hmm. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. I, I took a break because I was like- I was into everything I was going to retreat. I was like, when I started noticing change, I just dove in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt like I needed to take a step back from it so I can see myself.
0: Yeah. Well, what's beautiful about yeah. the inner child workshop, Tanya, is that there's not a lot of processing, 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 figuring out. It's more about reestablishing the connection and actually doing the healing work with the inner child. So Mm. it's a different, it's a different approach to personal development work. And I think that you'll find that instead of it feeling like you're working on yourself, it's more about reconnecting with yourself and creating that deeper level of intimacy with yourself.
1: No, that literally just made my whole body, literally when you Mm. said not working on myself, but reconnecting to myself, my whole body just went, and relax because that's why I've pulled away from all this personal growth and all of this, because I feel like I'm constantly working on myself. So I'm constantly telling myself something's wrong with right. me that needs to be fixed. Right. I need to
0: stop. Right. And that's what you've been doing that since you were a child. You've been, been in a personal development retreat since you were a little girl, always trying to get it right. Oh, Christine, thank you.
1: Just that one, like, uh, rephrase of that word, just like my body was just like yes.
0: Mm, good. <laughs> See, there you go. Oh, now you're out you. of your head.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. So look for more full body yeses in your life. Full body yeses. Full when body you don't yeses. have the full body yeses, and and a full body yes is very different than a in the head yes. And in, in the head wow. yeses. This is just yeah
1: this is just insane because you know i meditate every day i do all this stuff i try and move my body to be in my body and i'm i'm just i'm a little a little defeated thinking um, oh my god i'm still so much in my
0: head <laughs> but not defeated enough to to stop. You know what, Tanya, we're all in or our give head. Up on myself. We're all in our head and you're not as in your head as you were yesterday. So you got to just acknowledge those little pieces of progress and it was never safe for you to be in your body. You constantly had to be evaluating if you were doing it right. So another thing that's going to be really important, especially as you connect to that little girl inside of you is to really see see yourself and just love the hell out of yourself accept yourself fully even in those moments where you're like I'm in my head there I am in my head I love myself for being in my head I know that's how I protect myself aren't I cute for being in my head
1: <laughs> oh my god you're amazing
0: so are you so I'll see you in the Thank inner child you. workshop
1: yeah yeah <laughs> all right mm-hmm. that is a full body yes <laughs> all right that
0: that good that's the only kind of yes I want <laughs> mm-hmm. So thank you so much to Tanya for your vulnerability. Your vulnerability is beautiful. And once you felt safe with me and we really dropped in, it came very naturally to you. And I want to start there. I want to talk a little bit about vulnerability because I think there's a lot of, as I said to Tanya, seductive vulnerability and kind of fake vulnerability. So what do I mean by this? Well, to me, we can expect and should expect authenticity from people but we have to earn vulnerability from people. And what I mean by that is when you're dating or when you're making friends or when you're out in the world, of course you want authenticity. Like you don't want to go on a date with someone or get in a business meeting with someone and them not be authentic. Like who wants that, right? So yeah, we can expect authenticity. We want someone to be real. We want someone to tell us the truth, but we have to earn vulnerability so if you're very new, like she was dating this person for a month and a half, if you're very new into meeting someone or dating someone and they start being super vulnerable, like telling you their deepest, darkest and really opening up without a lot of intimacy or trust built and you just get so turned on by it, you're like, oh my God, I can, this person is really open up to me and I feel so special and it's like so amazing. That's more seductive faux vulnerability than true vulnerability. True vulnerability comes when we feel safe with another person and we feel seen. And when someone's vulnerable with us, it should feel like actual true intimacy, not like we're special and we're getting a inside look. So just be mindful of that. Don't get seduced by vulnerability. I see that a lot in social media too. I see people sharing very vulnerable things, almost too vulnerable right when they're in it. And it always kind of makes me go, "Hmm, I don't know. I feel like I should have to earn your vulnerability versus you just giving it to me. Something feels off about that. Again, authenticity, yes, but I believe vulnerability should be earned. Does that mean we have to play our cards close to the vest? Does that mean we have to put up a lot of mass and have walls? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. Again, Authenticity, yes. Authenticity doesn't have master walls, but really opening our heart, really that that true vulnerability and intimacy, that takes a little time. So take your time with it and be a little dubious of anyone that doesn't take their time with it. All right. So let's talk about Tanya a little bit. So again, textbook inner child wounding. (laughs) See why I'm doing inner child course after coaching people for 16 years and doing this podcast for, I don't even know how long, maybe five years now. It always comes back to childhood. And so I wanted to create a workshop where, as I said to Tanya, you can reconnect with yourself. Just reconnect with that little one inside because that's where it's all at. You know, as a child, she didn't know what to expect. She felt like she never did anything right. She was always doing it wrong and she'd follow the rules and she'd do the directions and still feel like she was getting it wrong. And the one time she stood up for herself and defended herself, she got in trouble for it. So you can see why she doesn't have a voice and you can see why she bounced between being her mom in relationships and dating people in her words that were below her to being more like her little girl self and dating her mom and people that were quote unquote above her. And I think she uses above and below words because it was such a power struggle. It was such a power struggle for her. She gave up so much of her power to her mom. And I used that word, you know, you got destroyed when she was a little girl to really make a point to Tanya that her worst fear is already realized. (laughs) And so what she's really scared about is just reactivating the wound, but the wound is already there. And that's why the work that I talk about on the show and her child work is so important because what we fear the most basically has probably already happened. It happened in childhood and we're just working and trying so hard to protect ourselves from happening it again, but in that we just keep creating it. And so I understand why she feels like she's going to be destroyed if she's vulnerable because that's how she felt as a little girl. However, if she really works on that inner vulnerability and listens to little Tanya and goes in and does that deep work that we were talking about when I was coaching her, then she's going to feel strength in her vulnerability because she's going to see that her vulnerability is loved and it's cherished, but it has to start within. It has to start within. And so I, I love Tanya's honesty. I love how she allowed herself to get emotional with me. And you probably heard me pull her out of her tears a little bit. And the reason I did that is not because I didn't want her to cry. I felt her going into the story and I wanted to keep her out of the story so that she could see that really what was creating the tears was this little girl inside who didn't feel seen, right? It's not so much that, I open up and then people trample all over me or whatever she said, it's really about not feeling seen and feeling like she can't open up. And she keeps opening up to the wrong people because she wants mother's love. So some takeaways for you and for Tanya, join us for the Inner Child Workshop. Steph and I teach it together. We're like your healthy mom and dad in the workshop. It's Christinehasser.com slash inner child. Really look at, especially if you're dating and you have relationships, really look at how you're playing out unresolved wounding with either mom or dad in those relationships. Evaluate, maybe do a little research on vulnerability and what it really means. All of you probably know Brene Brown. She's a great resource on what vulnerability really is and how it looks. And she teaches amazing things about vulnerability and shame. So that could be another great resource for you. And finally, if you're blaming yourself for something because it's giving you a false sense of control, just be aware of that. Be aware of that. And come back to the advice I gave to you at the beginning of the call. If you're feeling that uncertainty, that out of control, instead of blaming yourself or panicking or any of those unsupportive things, make a list of all the things you are certain of and then follow that up with a list of all the things you're grateful for. I'm super grateful for all of you. I'm sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time, everyone. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com.